British Columbia. Abundant with vast mountain ranges, mighty rivers, and majestic wildlife, the true beauty of this immense province often shines when you embark off the beaten path. Our journey begins at one of the five dealerships within the Caribou Auto Group and takes us to historical landmarks, awe-inspiring scenery, and some of the most breathtaking places in British Columbia accessible by car. Today, we cruise the incredible engineering feat known as the Alaska Highway. Construction of this more than 2,000-kilometer highway officially began on March 11, 1942, about 90 days after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Yesterday, December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States was officially thrust into World War II when it could no longer sit on the sidelines supplying aid to the Allies. A need to protect the U.S. mainland and territorial interests became a reality that devastatingly hit home. Highway construction would be the most expensive Second World War project by the U.S. in cooperation with the Canadian government. In an instant, this territorial outpost of the U.S. was recognized as an important strategic defense position against a potential Japanese invasion of the North American mainland. The result was a monumental effort that combined military and civilian workers in the U.S. and Canada. At a length of 2,219 kilometers, the Alaska Highway was once described as the biggest and hardest job since the creation of the Panama Canal. Dawson Creek, British Columbia, is considered mile zero, the beginning of our trip up the highway towards the capital of the Yukon, Whitehorse. Colleen Burke lives in Dawson Creek and is in awe of the Alaska Highway. Farther north you go, it's just breathtaking. You know, the road, some of it was dirt. There's places where there's absolutely no cell service. So if anything happened, you're you're roughing it. And, and then you kind of see these beautiful mountains open up and it's like, I'm going to just stop real quick and take 10,000 photos because they've never seen anything like this. And and then we went to Toad River and we stopped for lunch and this place had cinnamon buns that were literally the size of my face. And I thought, I got to get one of these just because I've never seen a cinnamon bun so big before. Like it's, the, it's a platter. It's the size of a whole plate. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to, I need to Remember this place, Toad River is something special. <laughs> More than 300,000 people drive the Alaska Highway every year between May and September. And as the last U.S. frontier, it's on the to-do list of many Americans. The, the highway, you know, is kind of like the lifeline. You see all of the American tourists that are either coming from Alaska or going to Alaska, and they all come on the Alaska Highway and they get all turned around by the traffic circle <laughs> they don't know which way to go and and they stop for photos and it's it's like um a migration that we see every summer and it's really it's been really fun to see that in my whole life and my one of my first jobs growing up I was uh, I worked in a ice cream parlor and so we always had lots of the tourists stop and they would tell me where they were from I would know where you know Montana is as a 13 year old I didn't know anything <laughs> but they would they would buy ice cream and tell me stories and I just thought that was just such a blast and the light the lifelines that come from people just traveling on the highway and I grew up watching that and now it I'll be 39 next month 
located just over 1,400 kilometers by car from Peace Country Toyota in Dawson Creek, BC, Whitehorse is the gateway to the now famous trail used in the late 1800s during the Klondike Gold Rush. The epitome of capitalism, during the gold rush, a poor man could head off to the Klondike and return as a Klondike king, but the risk was huge. Many that embarked on this journey in hopes of finding gold never made it to their destination. Traversing tidewater in Alaska and climbing over the rugged, mountainous terrain of British Columbia was a trek that served up incredible hardship and few rewards. The drive by car is one that promises pristine wilderness, abundant wildlife, and an environment that breeds both nostalgia and inspiration. Just one hour into our drive from Dawson Creek is the city of Fort St. John, the most populous municipality in the Peace River Regional District and mile 47 of the Alaska Highway. When entering Fort St. John, one may assume that the city has always stood where it is, the truth is that community has moved for economic reasons six times since being established as a popular trading post in 1794. Along with forestry, oil and gas, Fort St. John is also known for its great welding competition every August. In the town Centennial Park, you'll come face to face with a shining example of how a flat sheet of metal can be transformed by an experienced and skilled welder. It's a seven-foot-tall metal grizzly bear, which was welded together by the team at Arctech Welding and Machining. Fort St. John is known as the energetic city. It has a large resource base of oil, natural gas, forestry, and agriculture, and it's British Columbia's oldest non-Aboriginal settlement. If you're traveling the area by car in the evening, you're likely to witness the stunning dance and glow of the Northern Lights a sight that will follow us as we make our way north on the Alaska Highway. When driving a road as long as this one, you'll notice broad changes in scenery, and you may even have the chance to spot moose or bear along the edge of the road. As the journey continues towards Whitehorse, we reach mile 143 and a community known as Pink Mountain at the foothills of the Rockies. The name Pink Mountain is thanks to the wildflower bloom, which not only offers the peak a pink glow, but attracts a population of rare Arctic butterflies. This region is known as the Serengeti of North America, a name derived from the spectacular wildlife seen in the Northeast. Pink Mountain's real claim to fame is the high population of these rare Arctic butterflies, even though mountain goats, bison, moose, elk, caribou, wolves, coyote, fox, grizzlies, black bears, lynx, deer, and wolverines all call this area home as well. It's important to be on the lookout for all of this wildlife, especially at night. Accidents involving moose occur in the hundreds every year. The danger is so high, Alaska's Fish and Game Department commissioned this safety video. Miles the Moose says, Give your hazard a flash to avoid a crash. Look all around for moose on the ground. Keep your eyes on the sides because you know they're around. A moose hiding not far can bolt in front of your car. Further along the road, past Fort Nelson, B.C., and another 559 kilometers towards Dawson Creek, you might catch a glimpse of wild buffalo roaming the Liard River Valley on your way to soak in the warm thermal waters of the Liard Hot Springs. The Liard Hot Springs is the largest natural hot springs in Canada. Set in lush surroundings of the boreal forest, the warm water of the spring supports a rich and diverse community of plants, birds, and mammals. It's a welcome retreat after hours spent behind the wheel. 
Stroll the boardwalk around the springs to sightsee, pick wild raspberries, and catch a glimpse of moose and other wildlife. The surroundings are both calming and stunning. And it doesn't matter what time you happen to drive into the area, the Liard Hot Springs is open 24-7. Two and a half hours northwest comes Watson Lake, a small town that marks the exit of British Columbia and the entrance of the Yukon. Watson Lake is known for a unique landmark. In 1942, a homesick soldier posted a sign on a tree in Watson Lake pointing to the direction of his hometown in Illinois, 4,300 kilometers away. Since then, visitors have continued this tradition, creating one of the most endearing landmarks along the Alaska Highway. Now, adorned with over 8,500 signs, the Signpost Forest is truly a -a one-of-a-kind attraction, and there's still space for you to post the name of your hometown when you visit. Some people bring license plates, and some pe- a lot of people bring signs that show the city they're from. Some people use all sorts of things for signs. While in Watson Lake, you can visit the Northern Lights Center, the only planetarium and science center in North America dedicated to exploring the myths, folklore, and science of the Aurora Borealis. It's one thing to see the Northern Lights from the side of the highway. It's another to witness the spectacle from space. Now, auroras occur when the charged particles, electrons, and protons collide with gases in Earth's upper atmosphere. These collisions provide tiny flashes that fill the sky with colorful light. As billions of flashes occur in sequence, the auroras appear to move or dance in the sky. 437 kilometers from Watson Lake, we arrive at today's destination. Whitehorse is referred to as the Wilderness City, and it's located at mile 918 on the Alaska Highway. It was once one of two small settlements on the banks of the Yukon River, originally named Closely after the Close Brothers, British investors who funded the area's White Pass Railway. In 1900, after the railway was completed on the west side of the river, Closely was moved and renamed Whitehorse, a name derived from the rapids of the Yukon River. Klondikers imagined the frothing water resembled the manes of white horses. Because the Yukon River flows through Whitehorse, it's also the perfect place to host a canoe race. The Yukon 1000 is a 1,000-mile race described as the world's toughest survival and endurance. It travels from Canada into the Arctic Circle and finishes in Alaska. No phones or satellite, just pure wilderness. Participants of this race paddle 18 hours a day for 10 days without support from organizers unless their life is in imminent danger. Racers sleep where they stop, encountering whitewater, fallen trees, and potential wrong turns that have them trekking through some of the most remote grizzly and black bear territory in the world. If it's not a canoe race that interests you, perhaps the Yukon Quest is more inviting. Another 1,000 mile race, this time with sled dogs that begins in Whitehorse and ends in Fairbanks, Alaska. The event takes place every winter in February when weather conditions can be the coldest and most unpredictable. Up to 50 teams made of one human musher and 14 canine athletes tread across some of the last pristine wilderness remaining in North America crossing frozen rivers and four mountain passes, braving the 100-mile-per-hour winter winds with temperature dropping below minus 40, participants have to navigate towards nine checkpoints separated by more than 200 miles. 
The 450 mile race goes from Whitehorse to Dawson, and that's our marquee race this year. Mushers will have to tackle hundreds of miles of wilderness with limited access to civilization, so to speak. Mushers will be responsible for making sure that their team of uh, a dozen dogs has everything they need as far as food and water and proper care throughout the race. Temperatures for the race can typically start around minus 25 or minus 30, but often dip down closer to minus 50. The 450 mile race into Dawson this year, we're expecting to take about five to six days. So it's truly, truly a marathon Herculean effort by the dogs and the mushers to work so hard for, for so long to accomplish something so, so incredible. Six miles upstream from Whitehorse on the Yukon River is Miles Canyon. Multicolored volcanic rock looms over stunning green water as visitors trek across a suspension bridge to the site of Canyon City, an area that was once a stopping point for miners during the Klondike Gold Rush. Traveler Jonathan Goslin recounts the trip back from Whitehorse. I worked all day on Friday, left in the afternoon, and we drove to Fort Nelson. It's a trip we do pretty often. Next day, we filled our coolers with food, got our gas, and on our way we went. And we took two days from Fort Nelson to reach Whitehorse, stopped a lot of times along the way. Then we stopped at Laird Hot Springs, found a pullout by Laird River, and got some great picks. We stopped at Toad River before that and got gas. And my wife and I decided to take a walk around the walkway and, and found what looked like a dragonfly mating fest. Between Fort Nelson and Teslin, we saw dozens of animals, caribou, bears, sheep, and even raised a moose. It was his idea. Well, Laird was a good two-hour stop, rested, took in the hot springs, enjoyed the waterfalls and small fish in the marsh leading to it. We had tons of fun. Marsh Lake right before Whitehorse is where we stayed for the next three days. Most beautiful lake, felt like being in Vancouver, but more peaceful. The city was fabulous. Climbing Gray Mountain next to the city was amazing, really made for some spectacular views. And we did all this in our trusty 2013 Tacoma TRD Sport. Handled Gray Mountain and all the back roads like a champ. Whether you're seeking adventure, wildlife, or want to immerse yourself in the history of those that took the path before you many years ago, the road from Dawson Creek to Whitehorse is an impressive sight when traveling by car. In our next episode, we'll travel by car from Westline Ford in Vanderhoof to the third deepest ice-free harbor in North America. Along the way, we'll pass by the Great Bear Rainforest and enter a region known for its world-class mountain biking, all while enjoying 3,000 miles of lakeshore. By Car is a presentation of Caribou Auto Group. We encourage you to get off the beaten path, explore the wonders of your local BC community, and connect with folks who live there. Our five dealerships are here to make sure your vehicle is up to the challenge. Visit caribouautogroup.com to contact one of our GM, Ford, or Toyota dealers. Thanks for listening.